Hey, it's Scott Petrak with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The next few days are big for the Browns with the preseason finale Saturday night and roster cuts due by 4 p.m. Tuesday. Here to discuss everything happening in Brownstown is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. How are you, Judd? Scott, I'm great. Got uh, my fantasy draft coming up uh, Saturday night. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, but, you know, I think it's exciting right now for a couple of reasons on this podcast. Number one, I can't remember a podcast where we could just basically break down the Browns and not have to talk about the drama and Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, I mean, you know, it seems like we've had to do that for a lot of podcasts in a row. <laughs> yeah, probably since uh, about March 18th, Judd. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a little different. <laughs> and the other thing I like, too, is, is that while it is a little bit dangerous to play your starters in that third preseason game, you know, these last two games have been kind of, eh, I think there's something to kind of look forward to here on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, I wanted to, I want to get into that. Um, the idea of playing your preseason guys, your, your big guys in the preseason in a second, but I do think there's reason to pay attention to this game more so than last week against the Eagles, right? No, no starters played for the Browns, no starters played for the Eagles because of those joint practices in Berea. So, yeah, it was all about the backups and Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs um, played well, and we can talk about him um, too. But there is reason for this game. Number one, Jacoby Brissett's going to play. It's the first time, unless you went to training camp, it's the first time Browns fans get to see him play for the Browns. Um, You're going to see other starters, not all the starters, but you're going to see plenty of starters. And it gives you a flavor of, you know, a little bit of that dress rehearsal. Remember, if you're old enough, um, that third yep. game used to be the dress rehearsal. The starters would play a good amount. I don't expect the starters to play a ton for the Browns. Um, you know, Kevin Stefanski was really vague about how long they would play. Um, but there will be some semblance of this is how it's going to look to some degree September 11th in Carolina. And I think, you know, if you're a fan, want turn in – tune in into the game that's what you want to see yeah no question and I think what would you you know and there's a lot to dive into here on this last game let's talk roster spots first how many would you say are up for grabs right now I mean how, how, do you, how many spots are, yeah. are are set and how many are, are still there for the taking yeah, that's a great question, Chad. I mean, I, I've been through the 53-man in my head, you know, a ton of times, right? Who do I think is going to make it? Who's not going to make it? Um, I would say, you know, there's two or three spots in the O-line that, to me, feel unsettled. Maybe there's a tight end spot. Um, I think you probably have two receiver spots that are unsettled. Um, you go to defense. Maybe I don't, I don't. I'm not sure there's any. And across the defensive line, those feel set. Um, you know, and I'm saying this knowing that when the 53 man roster is set Tuesday, there's plenty of you know there'll be waiver wire claims. It could be trades that happen after that. Like it does. It's not the final 53 man roster. So you could see in addition to the O line or the D line or whatever. Um, but just talking about okay, when they have that 53 on Tuesday, I, I think we know who the D line is going to be. Um, there's probably a fight for 
a spot or two at linebacker, and then I would say a spot at safety. You know, so you know, there's five, eight, ten spots that feel unsettled to me. Um, you know, not that it's going to swing a ton, given you know, just given on a final preseason game, but there could be movement. The last, you know, that's your last time to make an impression, right? Somebody has a big game and it's a borderline <laughs> competition. Um, you can win a spot. We've seen that happen before. Uh, you know, I mean, Isaiah Crowell, remember the running back, is like always pops into my head as that example. Like he wasn't going to make the team, and then the last preseason game made a huge game, winds up making a team, and was a starter for the Browns for a couple of years. So um, I, I think there are jobs to be won at, at the back end of the roster. And if you want to talk about one specific position specifically, you know, you look at receiver, and we've talked about it before. It doesn't feel – well, first of all, you have Amari Cooper, and then you got a bunch of question marks. Um, so, you know, Donald Peoples-Jones obviously is on the team. He's going to be your starter, your number two starter. You know, the question is, can he ha- take a big jump in year two or year three, right? He played – I thought he played well as a rookie, kind of exceeded expectations, had a great training camp before year two a year ago, and then didn't do a ton during the regular season. Um, so this year he needs to take a jump, right? Can he prove that he is a legitimate number two or is he more of a three or four? Um, then you have Anthony Schwartz and David Bell, who, you know, I think are locks to make the roster, but both struggled with injuries early in camp, both to struggle with drops a little bit more. So Schwartz than Bell, um, I, you know, I think Bell is more because he's new to the, new to the offense. He's a rookie. He's coming off the foot injury. Um, I don't think he's back to 100% yet as far as being comfortable. Schwartz, I think he's healthy again. He just struggles to catch a ball every once in a while, um, although he has played better in practice the last couple of weeks. So you got Cooper, Peoples-Jones, Schwartz, and Bell. I think Demetrius Felton is a lock to make this roster, and I wouldn't have said that when training camp opened in late July. Um, but you lost – you know, the Browns lost Jakeem Grant Sr., the returner slash receiver – Felton can do some of that. He can play in the slot. Um, so there's five. And I just think because there's so much unprovenness at that position, I think the Browns might be forced to keep seven guys there at that receiver position, which is a lot of receivers. And it takes away from a spot or a spot or two somewhere else. Um, but we're talking about, okay, who's in the mix for those last two spots? You know, Michael Woods, the second, the rookie out of Oklahoma, is big and fast and look good early but has missed uh, like three weeks with a hamstring injury. But does he make the roster and then maybe go on short-term IR? That seems to make sense. You got a guy like Mike Carley Jr. He's an undrafted rookie out of Miami. Um, He's shown stuff. You know, he's shown up at training camp and in games. You know, he's not to be a little bit undersized. Um, Do you cut him and hope he winds up on your practice squad? Uh, You know, you got a guy like Javon Wims who's been in the league a little bit. Um, Dalen Baldwin, who has a concussion, so he didn't practice this week, has really good size and showed up to me in practice in the preseason. But, you know, do, does he get the, a spot on this roster? Jamarcus Bradley has some experience. So, I mean, these names aren't names that I think will probably thrill fans, but these are the guys we're talking about um, who are battling for those final spots at receiver. And then you always have the idea of, okay, can they make a trade to bring in a guy that's more proven, bring in a guy that is probably more talented, um, and to keep an eye on the waiver writer, right? So 
you expect some movement there. Um, but if you're just talking about guys that have been in training camp, those are the guys. And, you know, just listing them off, I'm sure the fans go back to their point of all offseason. All I heard from fans was the Browns need to add more receiver, and they didn't do it, right? They drafted David Bell and Michael Woods, but they didn't bring in that proven guy, you know, like a T.Y. Hilton or even like a Will Fuller, guys that we've discussed a million times. Yeah, I just hope it's not one of those years where, you know, and especially in the first 11 games where, you know, you're watching an offense that just struggles in that position. And I know Amari Cooper, you know, he's been great in Dallas, but my concern is that, you know, without other great receivers around him or the elite quarterback, and I know Dak hasn't been perfect, but I just hope we're not, you know, know, struggling to see the air game move and then ultimately teams load up the box to stop the run. You know, that, that has to be a big concern. Yeah, sure. I think that's a great point. And I keep going back to last year. The reason the Browns won eight and nine and missed the playoffs is because the passing game wasn't good enough. Right. And the, I mean, the run game was good enough. Even with Chubb and Hunt hurt, Dearness Johnson was really good. The defense got better as the season went on. And then the final seven games was really strong. And the passing game just wasn't good enough. And it was a combination of Baker's struggles and Baker injuries and a receiving core that wasn't good enough, right? We know, all know what happened with OBJ. Jarvis Landry's hurt a big chunk of the year. Um, so the concern is, uh, you hit it on the head, the concern is the same thing will sabotage this season. And Andrew Barry, you know, they, they were forward about it or upfront about it at the end of last season, that you needed to fix the passing game. Well, that's why they went out and got Deshaun Watson, but he's not going to play for the first 11 games. They got Amari Cooper, like you said, but then there's this question after Amari Cooper, and I'm with you. I I think Cooper's going to be good, and I think he's going to get a ton of targets, but if the defense is putting its resources into stopping Amari Cooper, then somebody else needs to step up, and I have no doubt that defenses are going to stack the box, and until Jacoby Brissett proves that he can um, hurt them for doing that, right, and take advantage of all the guys at the line of scrimmage by throwing over the top um, and beating them with play action and all, all the things that you have to do, right, to combat a bunch of bodies at the line of scrimmage, I, I, that's an unknown. That's a question. That's could be the biggest question mark facing this team is how will they be able to loosen up defenses and create space and make big plays in the passing game especially when Brissett has a reputation of being a game manager. He likes to throw short. Now, I'm not saying you can't still throw short with a loaded box, right? You can throw 10-yard passes to David Njoku and Harrison Bryant and Amari Cooper, and you can still move the ball. But we saw how things bogged down last year when Baker and the passing game were struggling. And I think just looking at the receivers we talked about and knowing there's a drop-off, a significant drop-off between Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett, that has to be the primary concern facing this team. So just to confirm here, uh, Bears are going to play some of their starters, correct? Yeah, they're going to play um, their new coach, Matt Eberflus, says 25 to 30 snaps is the goal. Okay, and the Browns are going to play their starters, but uh, Stefanski did say some will not play, correct? Yeah, like Jack Conklin for sure won't play. You know, he's still – coming back off that knee, I, I think the hope is he's ready to go week one. Right? He's been doing more team stuff. Stefanski has never come out and said, yes, we, you know, we think he can be ready week one. But that's certainly the goal. 
Um, Greg Newsome, he's coming off a hamstring injury. Practice Thursday. We're taping this Friday morning. Practice Thursday. Um, he won't play. And then, yeah, you know, I, I don't think Nick Chubb plays. I think Kareem Hunt probably doesn't play. Um, I, I don't know about Miles Garrett. Like, I think there's some guys that you, there's just no reason to risk playing them. Um, maybe Joe Batonio is one of those guys. You know, is obviously Joe Batonio is an all-pro caliber guy. So there's a drop-off with whoever plays left guard instead of him, whether it's Yelder Froholt or um, Michael Dunn or Blake Hans or whoever would step in. But I don't think that guy's going to get Jacoby Brissett killed. And I don't know. I, I get the sense that Joe Batonio would really prefer just to get to week one and not subject himself to injury. And he's played in this league long enough that those 12 or 15 or 18 snaps aren't going to help him any, you know, aren't going to make a difference. So I think those are the type of guys like Jadavian Clowney. Like those are the type of guys that I don't think will play. Maybe Denzel Ward doesn't play, but the bulk of the offensive line, I think you're probably seeing Amari Cooper just so he and Jacoby Brissett can play together in a game setting. You know, Donna Peoples-Jones, I think your tight ends probably play. You know, so I think like the biggest kind of special guys on your roster won't play anybody dealing with the, you know, injury. Um, but you'll see a chunk of the starters, including Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, hasn't taken any kind of game snaps uh, since, you know, since he signed with the Browns because he didn't play the first two preseason games. Are we looking at a series or two, a quarter, a half? Yeah, I, I would say between a quarter and a half, um, uh, you know, two or three series. You know, if you go three and out, three and out, then you probably have a third series. Um, if you score on your first two series – it's probably call it a night. Um, if you score on your first series and you go on a you know ten play drive, then maybe you call it a night. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what you think, Chubb. Like, how important do you think it is that your starter slash quarterback play in the preseason? Um, obviously, balancing it with the injury risk, right? I mean, that's that's always the concern. If, if nobody's going to get hurt, you play them all game, right? Get as many reps as you can. Um, but the concern yeah. is somebody gets hurt and all of a sudden is unable, you know, is hurt for the whole season or hurt for the first, whatever, beginning of the season. And that's obviously the worst case scenario you're trying to avoid. Yeah. Well, I think you look at a couple things. Number one, you know, these players could get hurt in practice at any time. Now that said, your defense of your own team isn't going gung ho to get your quarterback. Whereas in the preseason they do. Uh, I, I think the naysayers will come out either way. You know, if, if the Brown, if they don't play Brissett in the offense, and then the first game or two they struggle, people are gonna, you know, be the armchair quarterback and say, "Oh, they should have played in the preseason to get some reps." But if you have a starter go down and get hurt, then you'll have the armchair quarterback say, "Oh, they shouldn't have played in the preseason. It means nothing. Now they're out." So yeah. there's two ways of looking at it. Now you have the Rams and uh, you know Sean McVay. They don't play any of their guys the entire preseason, and there are some teams that. Uh, do not do that. And obviously, you know, it worked for them. So I, I think that that's, you know, if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick one over the other, I'd say don't play them. But I also understand, you know, putting them out there and getting them some, some reps, especially for a quarterback that, let's be honest, I mean, you know, Watson was getting most of the reps right. in camp up until recently. So uh, I do kind of understand why, why he's doing it. But, uh, you know, if I was forced to answer again, I'd go with the the not play him, but I'm not like married to it. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, you know, I think that's a great way to put it. I, I agree with you, Chad. Um, you know, and there's that old Todd Haley from Hard Knocks saying, you don't want to live in your fears. Um, and I get that. And I think that's a legitimate philosophy. Having said that, I, I do agree with the current Browns regime. I think their tendency is to err on the side of caution. And I agree with that. I, I just think it's most important to get your key guys to week one. And you're 100% right that you can get hurt anytime, right? You can get hurt in this game. You can get hurt anytime, right? We saw Jakeem Grant run a route in training camp in his Achilles tendon blows. So, you know, that's practice and everybody has to practice. And Jacoby Brissett banged his hand on a defensive guy yesterday and that Kevin Stefanski got all upset about it. So, you know, and that's supposed to be off limits, right? And you get to the game and obviously the injury risk goes up. So I think in a perfect world, you wouldn't play your guy, your important guy. Um, but I think there's some extenuating circumstances here. And one of them is Jacoby Brissett's new to your system. He's new to Kevin Stefanski calling plays in his ear. And as often as they do it in practice, it's not the same as in a stadium, in a game with the time crunch of we're going to have to call timeout if we don't get this play called, which isn't an issue at practice. So I understand why Kevin Stefanski has decided to play Brissett mainly, but the rest of his starters as well, kind of a package deal. Um, and I, I think the main reason is you want your quarterback who is new to your team, new to the system, new to all this, to get some live game reps. And I think if this were Deshaun Watson two years from now, I don't think he plays. You know, like if you got Aaron Rodgers or if you got – um, you know, Patrick, I know the Chiefs play Patrick Mahomes, but if they didn't, I don't think anybody would have an issue with that. Um, so I, I think we will, if assuming Kevin Stefanski stays around and assuming Deshaun Watson stays around, I think you'll see an evolution in how he handles this. Um, but I think I would not have a problem if he said we're not going to play Jacoby Brissett because we need him week one. Um, but I do understand wanting to get him some game reps um, given his kind of unique set of circumstances. You brought up Deshaun Watson. I saw, and you can expand on it now in practice when he's allowed to be out there, he's going to be running the scout team against the Browns first team defense. Is that right? Yeah. But that kind of, that was like a one week thing because he has to leave the team um, Tuesday. So it, they, they may or not practice before four o'clock on Tuesday. Um, but at four o'clock when the deadline to cut the rosters to 53, um, that's the deadline four o'clock, he has to leave the building. So, um, like I said, I don't know if they'll practice Tuesday or not, but this week, but that's it. Then he's out of the building till October 10th. So, but this week they practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and he was primarily running the scout team reps, serving as Justin Fields, right? This week is. Justin Fields is gonna is a starting quarterback for the Bears. Um, he did that, you know, and I don't know if fans know how this works or not, but during the regular season and the Browns were in regular season mode, um the you the scout team looks at a card, like a coach walks in the huddle, holds up the play that you're gonna run to get the other team to get your defense ready. So this is like the third team offense versus the number one defense, and they're you're actually looking at a card. And this is that's the play you run. 
Um, now, you know, guys can still make plays out of that, right? You can still see, uh, you know, a receiver beats a cornerback or whatever, but it's but it's designed to get the defense ready, just like the third team defense, the scout team defense is designed to get your starting offense ready. So um, that's how Watson was employed this week. Um, he took some other reps, like with – I don't think he took any starter reps, but I think I saw him with the second team a little bit. Um, but those are going to be his final – you know, unless he practices a little bit Tuesday – that's going to be it for him with the team until he comes back October 10th for meetings. And then his first practice, um, he's allowed to practice starting November 14th. Well, what do you do scout team then? I mean, cause he, it's going to be a uh, few that's weeks. That's a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, you get two weeks to get him actually three weeks to get him ready. Um, I, I think he would start at the scout team because a scout team guy gets more reps than say like the number two, right? If, and and it depends. Yeah. If you only have two star, if you only have two quarterbacks, then you know it's depending on how you want to use your number two guy. Um, but it, you get a decent amount of reps. So I would expect November fourteenth or whenever that first practice is that week, um, Watson to be used as a scout team guy, and then at some point start to take some of those number one reps. Assuming, and I think it's a safe assumption that the plan would be to get him ready to go to be the guy December fourth, right? So. You got a ramp up period, and I think that's how you begin to ramp him up. And then Kevin Stefanski is going to have to juggle that, and it's going to be difficult because I don't think you wait until the week before the Texans to give him any number one reps. You know, I think you yeah, have to right. kind of increase those. Um, but that hurts Jacoby Brissett because uh, you know, I mean, Chud, you know this: starting quarterbacks like to take every rep they can in practice because it, it's not an infinite number, right? I mean, there's a there's a limited number of reps that you get it's full speed in practice and the game plan changes every week. And there's a set of plays you're running that week. They want to take every rep, right? Peyton Manning wouldn't give his backup like any reps. So I, I, I know Jacoby Brissett knows the situation, but I'm sure it's begot be he'll, it'll be begrudgingly that Deshaun, even if it's five that Deshaun Watson takes when he's trying to get ready to play, whoever it is before the Texans, Miami, and, you know, I think Tampa Bay's in there too. What did we learn uh, from the joint practice with the Eagles and the preseason game? You want to just put a wrap-up on that uh, experience? Yeah. Um, you know, those joint practices were good. We saw no fighting, which, you know, I think it's a headline anytime. It's especially a headline when you see what the Aaron Donald, you know, Rams-Bengals brawl was. Yeah. Um, the fact that there was nothing close to that. You know, I mean, I saw – I saw some guys – I saw two guys get in their face, at, you know, getting each other's face the first day, and that was it. Um, so I think the Browns and Eagles did a good job of that. Um, you know, the Eagles are a pretty talented team. I thought the – I watched – you know, they they got the Browns offense versus Philly defense on one field and the opposite on the other field. So I spent most of my time watching the Browns offense, and I thought Thursday they had a good day. I thought Friday was more of a struggle. Um, in the red zone drill, Amari Cooper made a couple really nice moves. And I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but I sat down with him to discuss rot running. And I haven't re- written the story yet. Um, but he was phenomenal discussing how he runs routes. I th- I think I talked to him for 27 minutes. And he broke it down. Um, it was like a master class in rot running. So, um, And it was on display that day, especially these back-to-back routes. He ran like a, a sluggo, you know, the old slant and go. And then he ran a post route and he was playing, he was going up against Darius Slay, who's like a four-time pro bowler. 
And Cooper beat him easily on both. And it just showed his ability to run routes. But then as practice went on, I thought the Eagles defense wound up having a better um, finish to that practice. And then, you know, I think the Eagles offense moved the ball. But I did see Jacob Phillips making a tremendous interception of Jalen Hurts. I think it was Hurts who threw the ball. Phillips got really good depth in his drop, kind of made a backpedaling, leaping interception. Um, you know, so there were plays made. And then in the game, you know, to me, Chad, it's Josh Do- Joshua Dobbs. And I wanted to talk, I wanted to make sure we got a little bit of discussion about him. First of all, he's played really well, right? It's two preseason games. He's played really well. He's shown really good mobility. I thought he threw the ball better than I expected, especially against the Eagles in that two-minute drill. He marched him down the field to like the one yard line, right? They were backed up and they went all the way to the one yard line before kicking a field goal. Um, but there was an, a, a sideline route where he fit the ball between the corner and safety, which is not an easy throw. And it got there with plenty of time before the safety could get there. And I think that's a question about Josh Dobbs. It's just how much arm strength he has. What showed up there, I thought there was enough. Um, so, you know, and he runs great, right? So you see that, we, you know, the 36 yard scramble. Um, when you know his shirt hanging after his shirt got ripped, but my yeah. question, right? But my question to you is, I mean, it certainly appears like he's going to be the backup week one, right? Now things could change. Jimmy Garoppolo could get cut. The Browns could bring him, bring him in. They could look at other cuts and bring in somebody else. But right now, it seems like Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs. He said he's good with either, but if you write his name, he wants you to call him Joshua. Um, he seems like he's going to be your backup quarterback. And a month ago, I would have said that was unlikely at best, given he's only thrown 17 passes in his NFL career. Um, So my question is, do you feel okay with Josh Dobbs being one snap away from being your starter just based on two meaningless preseason games in which he really didn't go up against any starters? You know what I'm asking? Yeah, I would say that I feel comfortable in him if Brissett were to go down in the second or third quarter of a game and you have to bring him in to get you to the end of the game. I don't think I'd be too jazzed or pumped up about the whole week of game planning and and having uh, an NFL team with their starting defensive unit a whole week to prepare for you and you know he's the guy and it's not second third fourth whatever team guys I, I mean listen I thought he played well but I do I think the Browns would like put their whole season on the line with him I don't well right so therefore I mean it's t- like I'm interrupting my own self here <laughs> right it, like it's just not quarterbacks don't grow on trees right so the Browns have Deshaun Watson. They have Jacoby Brissett. Josh Dobbs is like a solid number three, right? So, like, if you look at the whole landscape of the NFL quarterbacks, okay, that makes sense, right? Like, he fits in that role. But when you have to bump everybody up a notch, things change. And the Browns have convinced themselves that they can win with Jacoby Brissett as their starter. Uh, we could argue that, right? You can argue if, he, if he's good enough to win. If he's good enough to keep you in contention, we can argue if he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but that's where they seem to be right now is they have full confidence in Jacoby Brissett. But now we take another step down and it's, okay, well, this Josh Dobbs is one play away, right? He's one hand to the helmet of Jacoby Brissett from being the guy. And does your season 
blow up if he has to be the guy. Um, so having said all that, I love what I've seen from him in the first two preseason games, but you can only, I think you can only take so much from that. I don't think you can put too much into those two preseason games, which is why if I'm Andrew Barry, and, and I, I hate to beat this dead horse, but I'm going to beat it, is I really think you got to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Whether or not you want him to step in for Jacoby Brissett is one thing. And I'm sure if they bring in Jimmy G, he's not going to be ready to go week one, new system and all that. Um, but you can bring him in and he can be your number two. And if Jacoby Brissett struggles, you have an option, right? If Jacoby Brissett gets hurt, you have a better option than Josh Dobbs. Um, and there's probably other guys out there that aren't Jimmy Garoppolo that are still better than Josh Dobbs. So it would not stun me if the Browns made a quarterback move. Um, but it's interesting because I think they have developed a sense of confidence in Josh Dobbs. And it's not just the preseason games. They've seen him in practice. But the fact is he has not taken a ton of reps in practice, right? I mean, I'm out there watching, and it was a lot of Watson and a lot of Brissett. So it, it's just interesting because I think there's a danger of feeling really good about Joshua Dobbs. And I understand why, because he's played well. But you have to remember who he was playing against, the setting that he was in. Um, and all of a sudden, do you trust him to be your number two? And I know it's only 11 games, but those 11 games are going to make or break your season, right? So I, I just think it's a really interesting discussion. Um, and if I were the Browns, I would – it's the most important position. I would do everything I could to upgrade it. Wouldn't that be crazy, though, to have Garoppolo and Watson on, on the same team, though, and Watson came back? It would. It, it would. But this is a unique situation, right? I, I mean, I, maybe, I don't know, you could cut Jimmy G if Watson comes back, right? Maybe somebody else picks him up at the, you know for their, their stretch run. And I understand if you're Jimmy G, maybe you say, hey, I don't like that, that idea, right? I'm coming in as a backup. They're going to have Deshaun Watson back in week 13. But does, does Jimmy G have a better option? Like, where's he going where there's a better chance for him to play, right? There might be an equal chance somewhere else. Um, but he's. it sure sounds like he's not going to go anywhere and start. Um, so if he's going to be a backup somewhere, wouldn't you want to come to a team that – still thinks it's a playoff caliber team will probably have a short leash with their quarterback. If you're the backup, right? I mean, if Jacoby, if Jimmy G is here and Brissett struggles two games, then I, yeah, there'll be a clamor for Jimmy G. So I'm not saying it wouldn't be awkward. I'm not saying maybe you have to have like honest talks with Garoppolo about, okay, this is exactly how we're going to handle things. Um, but I think if you're the Browns and you have salary cap space, which they do, I, I just think he improves that position, whether he's a starter or the backup. And like we've talked about on this pot, Judd, you can't just punt this season. There's too much talent. There's too many guys in their prime, entering their prime. Jadavion Clowney's in the last year of his contract. Jack Conklin, Kareem Hunt. Like, you have to try to win this season, and that starts at the quarterback position. So, yeah, I, I, would, go and, I would go bring in Garoppolo. I really would. Ah, it's just so Browns. And on that note, just as we knew the sun would rise, Baker Mayfield announced yep. as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in week one. There was the shocker of the week, right, Scott? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like Sam, Sam Darnold was ever going to uh, 
beat out Baker, right? I mean, I don't care if Baker got there, you know, September 1st, let alone July 6th, um, he was going to beat out Sam Darnold. So we knew it was coming, but it's still news. Um, it's been interesting to hear the Browns talk about it. Everybody is downplaying it. Um, but I, that, I think that's going to change at some point, right? Like when we get to Labor Day or the Wednesday after Labor Day and all of a sudden that game is five days away, I think you're going to hear some smack talk coming from certainly Baker, but I think the Browns will return it. Whether it's John Johnson III or Miles Garrett or Jadavion Clowney, somebody's going to talk about Baker and wanting to take him down. Um, not, I'm not even saying in like a, a malicious way, but just um, the desire to beat Baker because, you know, we've talked about how be, he's a polarizing figure, and I think he's a polarizing figure inside that locker. I think there were guys that really liked Baker and there were guys that didn't like Baker. And I know that there were guys that thought that Baker wasn't good enough to get that team where it needed to go. So um, I, I just don't think you know, 53 guys on the Browns and Baker in Carolina um, will be able to will be able to bite their tongues for that entire week. Yeah, no doubt. Scott, man, I still have like seven or eight things I want to throw at you. So we're going to go rapid fire right now, if that's cool. Pet track, rapid fire. Can we do that? Love it. Yep. So, uh, we're going to give you 20 seconds for each one here, and I will interrupt if you go over. Fair enough. All right. So here we go. I, I might be nice to give you 25. <laughs> so uh, let's start out with uh, you brought him up earlier, but Greg Newsom back. Yeah, that's big. Um, you know, I, I don't think he and Denzel Ward have been on the field together. Um, you know, because Ward missed the beginning with that foot injury. So, you know, this is enough time, as long as that hamstring stays healthy, it's enough time for your starting corner to get ready. And it's huge because I think Greg Newsom is going to have, I think there's a potential for him to have an outstanding second season and become one of the top corners in the league. I think he's that good. All right. That was good. 25. All right. That leads me to my next question. Is this Brown secondary as good as advertised? I think it is. I, I really do. Chill. Like I was, I, you know, I was doing some Arizona radio show or something yesterday and they asked me about the front four, which is good, but there's questions there. I don't have questions about the secondary. I like, you know, we talked about the two starters at corner. You follow that with Greedy Williams, the rookie Martin Emerson Jr., A.J. Green. I think that's five quality corners. Um, and then at safety, you got your one, two, three of John Johnson, the third Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison Jr. That's and deep. that's where I interrupt you for the next question okay. at Grant Delpit because we don't want to forget about him. How's he looked? Yeah, I think he's been a quiet camp, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, um, I, I think he's good. I, there, there's people on the Browns that expect him to make a big jump, right? He's a second-round pick, whatever, three years ago now, or 2020, yeah, 2020. Um, we missed all of his rookie season. I think there's a chance he's one of those breakout candidates I think he's going to play 100% of the snaps and be around the ball a bunch. Guy I've wanted to ask you about for like three weeks in a row now, Perrion Winfrey. I think he's been disappointing to this point, Chud. And, you know, he's a rookie. That's You're learning new techniques at defensive tackle. You're playing bigger bodies. Um, but he's not shown up a lot. A couple of pressures in the preseason. I also, you know, I went and rewatched that Eagles game. He was late coming off the ball a lot. Like, if Foley was on a different clock than the rest of the linemen, I don't know if he was dealing with an injury because then he didn't practice. Um, 
a Tuesday. I think he was back Wednesday and Thursday. Um, he because he went to the locker room early before the game was over, so he's dealing with something or some things. Um, but I, I think there's some cause for concern there as far as how much of an impact he can have right away. Which means, do they have to keep an extra defensive tackle? Because I don't know if they trust him to be the fourth defensive tackle yet. All right, I let you go over on that one. I know, I had a lot there. I, I, I know, but the next guy, uh, I don't think they're building statues of him yet, but they might be just with our kicking situation. But Cade York's looked pretty good, right? Yeah, he's looked great. Um, you know, he hit the 55-yarder off the upright against the Eagles, um, going away from the dog pound, made the 50-yarder into the dog pound. And these both those kicks would have been good from whatever, 62, 65, 68. I mean, it's tough to tell, but he's um, got a huge leg. His confidence is not in doubt. We need to see it in the regular season, but everything points to him being the answer at kicker. 25 on the dot. Yeah. Nice work. J.C. Treader retiring. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I thought he played really well here. I thought he was a top five center in the league, whatever, top 10 center. I thought he still played at a high level. I think he's not on any roster because he's NFLPA president and he is yeah. outspoken and doesn't shy away from that at all. So he retired. He said it was on his own terms, but then he did an interview with Sports Illustrated where he really admitted it wasn't his own terms. He wanted, he had seven teams he was interested in playing for. None of them had interest in him. So he said, okay, it's time to retire. Uh, but I still think he can still play. And I know I'm going over the time, but <laughs> I think it's interesting to say, look at who the NFL, there's guys that get quote unquote blackballed in the NFL. And then there's guys that get accepted even though they do a bunch of stuff that's way worse, right? Yep. There's nothing criminal about being the union president. There's other guys in the league that have done criminal things. And it's it's just interesting to me who NFL teams say, yeah, we're good with that. We're not good with this. I, I have no doubt that J.C. Treader's a pain in the butt, but he can still play center. And something bothers me about the fact that he doesn't have a team. Yeah, boy, good analysis there. All right, last one for you here. As we head into the final preseason game, we talked about roster cuts earlier. Is there a surprise cut, someone that we won't expect that will get cut, and a surprise make? Okay. I don't think there's going to be any stunner cut. Like, you know, I think I've, I've heard people, Anthony Schwartz, you know, because he struggled a little bit. He's not getting cut. So it would be a surprise if he did get cut, but I don't think there's any way that he gets cut. Um, the guy that's popped up to me is Chris Hubbard, who I love. I think he's super valuable. Um, Kevin Spansky said they rested him this week, but it was weird that he didn't practice. Um, and may, so maybe it is just rest. But I just I, I can see a scenario where you know, he's older. He's missed most of the last two years with significant injuries, or not. He suffered a significant injury each of the last two years. Um, so I could see a scenario where the Browns decide to go younger at that position. Um, mm -hmm. I don't expect it, but I would keep an eye out for that. So he would be the one. I don't think there's anybody else that jumps out at me. Chase Winovich, I think Chase Winovich probably gets cut. So if you consider that a surprise cut, they traded Mac Wilson for him from New England, um, but he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't think he quite fits what they want at defensive end. Um, so, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, but maybe some people would be if he gets cut. All right, Scott, it's nap time for me. I'm ready to go start my weekend. Uh, Good luck to the Browns uh, tomorrow night. Good luck on roster cuts. Good luck to you here finishing out the uh, preseason, my man.
Thank you, Chad. I appreciate the time as always. And we'll talk again um, as we get gearing up for the regular season. So thank you, Chad. This has been another episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast. And you can read all my work at brownzone.com. Thanks.